life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me for the recap this week. Let me pause and say Merry Christmas. This is the last one, I believe, of the year before we shift over into 2023. So thank you guys so much for being with me on this journey. Thank you to all of those who have shared their testimonies thus far. It really has been quite amazing. I am so very, very grateful that God trusts me (laughs) with this process. So thank you, God, but also thank you to you guys for, for tuning in week after week. I want to pause and say thank you, obviously, oh my goodness, to last week's guest, Lori Cook. Um, Wow. You know, sometimes you have testimonies where you just, there's not a whole lot to say. (laughs) You know, sometimes things just floor you, where the best thing to say really is nothing at all. Lori's kind of one of those. There was just so much I, I personally, I just felt it was just so full and I, whew, I was just a fly on the wall. All I could do was just sit back, listen, cry, take a deep breath, <laughs> and then come back in when, when God would place something on my heart. But that's honestly how last week's testimony went down. I knew because obviously Lori was my roommate, I knew the gist of her story without knowing all the details. I'm just so proud. Oh my goodness, I'm so proud of Lori. Because she did not, quite honestly, guys, she did not have to open all of that up. Had she not brought it up, we would not have been discussing it at all. Um, I wasn't sure really which direction she was going to go. But, you know, I was proud of her being brave enough to put her testimony into the spotlight. There is no way, I'm I'm sure of it, there's no way anyone could have tuned in to last week's testimony and not walked away convicted and moved and feeling loved and appreciated for their own lives. I, I, I did. So I just find it hard to believe that anyone could possibly walk away with anything but but I just wanted to just kind of touch upon, there were so many things that she said that I don't even believe Lori even thought about. You know, sometimes you're just talking and then things just start just falling off the tip of your tongue. That's when you know that people are really living in what it is they're talking about. It, it, it is just who they are. It just pours out of them. And that's what I felt as I was listening to her There was such a deep sense of gratitude for someone whose life has been so torn upside down, talk about ripped apart. There was just such a deep rooted gratitude that there was just no way of of seeing that this is how she lives. 
This isn't something she put on because she's going to be talking to BJ on a podcast. This is what she lives. And woo, it was just it was just powerful. It was beautiful to hear it. And I, 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 I she is a hero. <laughs> she is a hero for me. And honestly, guys, it's true of all of you. As I hear your stories, it helps me to see that we don't know, none of us, we don't know the pressure that people are living under. We don't know what kinds of hardships people have had to walk through. We have no idea what people are carrying with them on a day-to-day basis. And I love how she said it. She said, you know what? People might, they may come across the wrong way. They may say something in a harsh way or hurt your feelings. She said, but we just got to look at each other as God's children. You know, this is some God's son. This is God's daughter. And it's so true. If we can see each other through, the, through that lens, it will indeed change how we are with each other. But that was just one of the things. I don't, I don't even know what we were talking about at the time and when she mentioned that. Um, just giving each other really grace because things won't always come out and function the way we want them to be. But yet, we still need to love each other. We still need to care for each other. We still need to carry each other's load, each, each other's burden. Um, and I'm just, I'm, woof. Like I said, this is a hard one because honestly, it was a drop the mic kind of testimony. I'm like, what is there for BJ to recap? <laughs> it was said so eloquently that it really stands on its own. You know, I love when we started talking about, you know, we said God is doing something. And that is so true. No matter what we're going through, no matter how ugly it is, how hard it is, we have to trust that God is doing something. And, you know, it's, it's hard, obviously, in the moment. I guarantee you that fatal night that she made the decision to go and give a ride to this guy, even though her gut, you know how you have that gut feeling, that inkling, hmm, I should take someone with me, even though... On that fatal night, it became so horrific. God took that something. He took our, I love it, I think she said, he, t- he takes our mess ups, he takes our ugliness, and he makes it something special, something beautiful. I loved the, um, the analogy of the quilt. When she mentioned the quilt, I, it was an aha moment for me because it really is true that our lives are like fabric, pieces of fabric woven together to create a quilt. And as I said in the podcast, they never make sense alone. You know, on those those individual pieces, even if it's a beautiful piece here, a beautiful piece there, you know, a shiny piece here, just to look at it, it doesn't look as though they should be together. But once that quilt is knitted together, sewn together, that's when we begin to see 
the beauty of it. And not until then does it start to make sense. And I believe, guys, that is the story of our lives. I really do. If you start flipping through the pages or the scenes of your life and you look at them as individual sheets of fabric and you can, for yourself, you can look at it and go, I hated this one. Oh, this was really ugly. Oh, I didn't like that at all. But then when you put it all together, then it becomes, aha. And that really is the story. As I look at Lori, it's hard to say just Lori because it's Lori and Allie because they are so intertwined (laughs) in this story. I know we talked about how God went before her and into all those little minute details of life to make sure that everything that Allie needed was there. Even though Lori didn't know it, as mom, She's simply trying to take care of her child. What am I going to do to make sure that my child feels secure, that my child feels loved, that my child, you know, has diversity? She was just trying to be a great mom. And God stepped in and said, I am a great dad. I know exactly what this child needs, and I'm going to make sure that she has it. I just, I I loved it. I love that she used the phrase, the joy of the journey. My goodness. (laughs) You know, you listen to that story, you go, what was the joy? But yes, she said, you know, it's about the joy of the journey. It's finding, honestly, the joy in your journey. We can choose to focus on whatever is difficult, whatever is challenging. We can choose to see all of the ugly. We can choose to see how people have wronged us, how people have hurt us, or we can choose to find the joy of the journey. And I believe that's what she's done. And in return, look at what God has done. Allie is a beautiful young lady. She's a beautiful young lady, but when she said that God put her in a relationship with Julian, And then revealed that Julian himself was a child born out of rape. That floored me. That's, I I couldn't, all I could do is say, all I could do is just think, God, thank you. Not thank you that Julian was born, was a product of rape, but thank you that you brought this person and this person together because you knew that they would understand the need of each other. That they would be able to to heal a wound that someone else probably would not be able to heal because they wouldn't be able to understand. That's why there's always a way through it. Our job is to stay in the game. If we stay in the game, God will guide us to the opening. You know, it's like playing football. You got to trust your teammates. If you give me the ball, I've got to trust my teammates are going to create an opening. And when the ball is first handed over to me, I don't see it. I just have to run. And then once I run, it begins. 
begins to open up. And guys, I think God is saying, I need you to run the race that I've laid out for you. Stop trying to figure out the play. Stop trying to make sense out of, well, how am I going to get to the, the, the goal line? How am I going to get to a touchdown? How am I, guys, God, let me be me. Just run the race. I will create the opening. You know, it, it oof. There's so many things. There was a young lady. Uh, I know I used to talk about my younger kids, but I have some older kids as well, my high school kids. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal group of young people. Most of them had no idea what what they were going to do with their lives beyond high school. Most of them had no desire really to finish high school. Nobody in their family has ever really finished. Nobody is pushing them towards doing anything else. But here they are working hard trying to get there. And then I had one young lady, super smart, beautiful, intelligent girl, but she ends up getting pregnant. And she was so terrified. She was terrified of what do I do? How do I, how do I tell my mom? What is she gonna think? What are they gonna feel? What are they gonna say? And we had to get her to, you know what? Let's not focus on the what ifs. Let's just first get to the point in which we can have the conversation with mom because you need someone else to create an opening for you. We would do what we can do, but we're not family. And she was so afraid, but it was so beautiful because when she stepped up to the plate and she came back to us and she said, my mom embraced me and said, okay, let's find you a doctor. Let's get you the prenatal vitamins that you need. I understand this because I too had a child at the age of 16 and she just cried. Why God had gone before her. And I'm sure her mom, when she was pregnant at 16, wasn't fired up about it. I'm sure it was a hard thing for her. But here she is years down the road because of what she had endured. Guys, it doesn't matter what we've endured. It doesn't matter if we have found ourselves strung out on drugs. It doesn't matter if we found ourselves in a rape situation. It doesn't matter what we have endured. God has gone before us and created an opening. But he's saying, you have to trust me and get up and go. Lori says she had never been as sick as she had been during that time. There are times you're going to feel like you are so sick. I, I am so sick. I can't go on, whether it's through a pregnancy, death. I don't know how to get through uh, the fact that I, I'm so overwhelmed with bills or I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with life or we, whatever is on us. God is saying, I will open up a way, but I need you to trust me. Guy, okay, ooh, I loved it when she says she opened up her concordance or her Bible and just started putting a T, circling a T everywhere where she saw trust. Sometimes we have to fight for it. Sometimes we have to dig for it. 
Sometimes it just doesn't come that easy. And we want it to. It would definitely feel better. But sometimes part of our journey is in, are you going to fight for me? She had to fight for her relationship with God. There are so many elements, so many pieces of the puzzle of her story that all screamed the hand of God, all of it. And you can say, BJ, where was the hand of God in this young girl being assaulted and raped? Where was the hand of God when the police department didn't take it seriously? Where was the hand of God? You know, the hand of God Sometimes it's not as obvious. It's like Indiana Jones, that wonderful scene in which he had to take a step before the pathway would appear. God's hand is present, even in danger. There's a part of us that feels like, well, if I'm in danger or if something terrible happens, God must not be there. But he is, and he was, and he protected her, and he brought her Where was the hand of God when Julian, the product of rape, ended up marrying this young single mom who had a child, also the product of rape? God had gone before. Guys, our God is unbelievably amazing. He goes before us even when we don't even know that we need him. You know, here's a, it's going to sound, it's it's a, it's a weak story compared to the heaviness of what Lori shared on last week. But this is, you know, we're in the holiday season. And what we do is we try to get toys and clothing and blankets and all that for our underprivileged children who are sleeping, unfortunately on the roadsides and in their cars and all that and in the shelters. But we had the opportunity to bring Santa (laughs) to one of the schools and one of the local uh, nonprofits we work with had set up the whole gymnasium, put out all the tables. It was just stocked full of toys. And it was arranged that every child in the school, elementary school, every child, would come through. They came through one classroom at a time and they had a bag, like a little big trash bag, and they could choose two toys. Didn't matter what, they could choose their toys. And you would see their little eyes would light up and the kids would come through and they're so excited and Santa's there and they're screaming. And it was just, it was beautiful, it was beautiful. And then something happened that we did not see coming. We didn't anticipate it. (laughs) This kid comes through And with all these toys, like I said, there's a plethora of toys laying out. He just kept walking around, just looking from table to table. And Santa being Santa came up, whoa, ho, 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 you know, he does this whole thing. And he tells the kids, you know, make sure you clean your room because Santa won't come to your house if you don't clean your room. And the kids are all laughing. This is all cute and they're getting their toys. And this one kid walks up to Santa and Santa says, ho, 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 how are you doing, young man? He says, Santa, I don't have a room. And we were all kind of, you know, we, 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 we stopped. Even though I know it because I work with these kids all day, you just don't think 
There are times you just don't think about it. And Santa, I'm sure, wasn't thinking, wow, I'm standing here in front of kids who possibly don't have a home. He just said what you would say, no matter what, where, you know, if I'm in a mall or wherever I am, he says, Santa, I don't have a room. And then Santa asked him, what do you, what, what are you looking for? What are you going to get for Christmas? Kind of trying to shift the subject, I guess, a little bit. He says, what I want for Christmas is a bed. And we all just stopped in our tracks. He was walking around amongst all the toys. And he was amazed, like all the other kids, for what he needed and what he wanted the most was a bed. He said, I sleep on the floor. And I know it's not here, but if I can get a bed for Christmas, that's what I really want. He walked out, we all looked at each other, and we just started scurrying. Because I knew that it was just a matter of making the right phone calls to the right people. And within 10 minutes, we had called a local furniture store, we had gotten a mattress, we had gotten a bed, and we called mom because obviously what use is a bed if there's no place to put it in. So we called mom and she just started bawling. She said, how much is that gonna cost me? We said, it's not gonna cost you anything at all. And she just cried. She said, I've been wanting to get a bed. I just didn't have enough money for it. Why do I share this? God went before her. He went before us. If that child had not said anything, we would not have known. And if we didn't know, we would not have been able to meet the need. Guys, whatever you are dealing with, Like Lori said, after the rape happened, she was silent for four days because she just didn't know what to do with this. There's some of you out there that are dealing with some stuff that's so intense right now, you don't know what to do. I'm saying, I'm begging, I'm pleading, say something because your lifeline is out there. God has gone before you and he will meet your need. Whether it's a bed, whether it's somebody to say, come stay with me. I'm not judging you. I will be here for you and with you. God has gone before you. And then out of that, we see what we saw in Lori, the incredible power of gratitude. It oozed gratitude. Everything about her testimony basically was saying, God, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for roommates. I'm grateful for my mom and my dad. I'm grateful for my child. I'm grateful for, it was just thing after thing after thing. She chose gratitude. Lori is not the first who've had this horrific situation take place in her life. And she won't be the last, but she has walked through it with God instead of allowing it to push her 
away from God. She said, who are we to walk away from God because we don't like our story? Because we don't like how it's going. She said, it's like saying, okay, God, you tried. Thank you, but I'll take it from here. (laughs) Guys, I am just convicted. I am convicted. I am sobered. And I am in awe of her faith. I'm so very thankful that God has placed me, he's placed us in his story. It's not about us. Someday we'll all be able to, maybe in heaven, be able to see that beautiful quilt, God's quilt. And all of our pieces are pieces within his story. And then it will all make sense. I pray that that baby slept beautifully on his bed these last couple of days. And I pray that mom and the rest of the family paused and said, thank you, God. Now, God didn't personally appear to them with a bed, but those of us who are Christians, we know it wasn't BJ's doing. It was the hand of God at work. And I pray that this somehow led that family back to the hand of God. Guys, you are amazing. It's been a wonderful journey and it will continue to be until God says it's done. I thank you so much for this year. Again, as we close out 2022, I am amazed by you all. Oh, I was also supposed to say, I'm sorry, a side note. She kept mentioning the club and someone said, what is it about the club? We used to meet in a church that was an old club. We converted a nightclub into the church. So it wasn't like we were hanging out at a club. (laughs) Well, we were, but it was church. So every time she would mention that, (laughs) it came up a couple of times in the comments section. So, but anyway, guys, I pray that you would be safe as we journey into 2023. I pray that we do not walk out of this year without acknowledging the work that God has done. And we do not step foot into the next year without knowing that we cannot do it without him and that wherever he takes us, we are willing to follow. Guys, I love you. I thank you so much for being on the journey. So until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave, play us out.